Dr. Marlene McMillan, welcome back to the C.L. Bryant Show. Thank you so much for being there. People who live in liberty think differently than people who live in bondage. And my mission is to advance liberty by helping people think clearly about these ever important topics. When we talk about this topic of Marxism uh, uh, being uh, preached from so many in the name of equality, what's the fallacy or what's the weakness in this argument? Well, the thing about Marxism is that it requires centralized force. I think many people don't realize what it actually is. And so you have all these folks going around who say, don't tell me what to do. I don't want anybody telling me what to do. And yet at the same time, they're voting or promoting an idea that is totalitarian means it invades every area of your life. Your individual choices are given up for the group, and you basically become, it's a new form of, a, of slavery because Marxism is socialism. Socialism is just a nice word for communism, and communism is really slavery. Is that then what the, and, and with full disclosure, folks, I am a black man, I am a black conservative man who mostly votes Republican because of my core values. And so understand who this question is coming from. And we want to have this discussion because it is necessary that we expand our thinking along these lines. Is then, Dr. McMillan, Black Lives Matter, BLM, one of those things that does promote totalitarianism by their own admission they're trained marxist and marxism is built on a frame of cult of conflict so identity politics anything that can pit, pit one side against the other anyone who can make us enemies even if naturally we would like each other and be friends there has to be all this created conflict in order to create a void and then the tyrant comes in and presents himself as the solution to the very problem that he created wow and friends that's what you are seeing or that's what you saw in the democrat convention credit convention uh just uh, last week and and the thing about it is that they created the prop the cities that you're seeing on fire their cities that's exactly what dr mcmillan is saying to you now they're presenting themselves as the savior of their own chaos not possible dr mcmillan when we talk about equality is there such a thing in society as equality? Is that some type of utopian idea? Well, equality may sound nice, and we've been conditioned to think that that's good. But if you really think about it, do you want to have everyone reduced to the least common denominator? Do we really want equality because in the name of equality, what you will get is uh, a removal of that which makes you unique. See, it's your differences that give you distinction. It's the things about you that aren't like everybody else that makes you so special. 
And so when you have to give up that part of you, including your conscience, that makes you have dignity and worth as a human being and be reduced to a member of a group who is supposed to only vote or think in the way that you are identified with. That is a form of racism, and that racism is becoming systemic, and that steals liberty. The racism of low expectations is exactly what Dr. McMillan has just described, and that's what you, my friends, are being fitted for when you look at the Democrat platform. It is a racism. It is an America that will be infected with the ideas of low expectation. When you talk about um, the lowest common denominator uh, being, is that a necessity in order for there to be this utopian type of equality? Do we all have to be reduced to the least among us? Uh, while there, Does that create some type of elite class as well? Well, there's uh, uh, speeches that politicians give where they say things like they're ought. Now, pay attention to this word ought, because ought is like my created idea for my brain. But there ought to be a world where everyone has a job, where everyone has a house, and everyone has health care. Well, people listen to that and hear house and job and think it's all wonderful. But where does everyone have a house? Well, basically either in prison or in places like the Soviet Union. Everybody in Korea has a house. It's very, very tiny, and it's cold, and it uh, doesn't have any amenities, but everybody has one. Everybody has health care. It's at the government, and everybody works for the government at the job they're given. So if you want to have liberty, you can't have a civil government that gives you those things because a government can get, that can give you a job can also take it away and all the money you make at it take away. So if you a, a civil government that gets out of the way and allows you to create wealth also allows you to create, I mean, to keep what you create. Absolutely. And folks, uh, years and years ago now, uh, I used to uh, minister over in Cabrini Green before it was all shut down. Uh, Jane and I uh, had a, a mission like that. And then in, in places down on Skid Row, and we lived in Los Angeles. Everybody had a house, like Dr. McMillan was saying, but they were small, they were dank, they were uncomfortable, and they had rats as big as cats that were there. Everybody had one, though. Everybody had a place to go. And if that's what you want, uh, I mean, you just be, be certain you, you know what you're, you're – it's, it's not like everybody has a house in the suburbs. I, I don't want you – don't get it twisted, okay? They're not talking about that, folks. They're talking about everybody having a, a roof over their head. The people in the projects had that, I'm telling you. And Dr. McMillan is bringing that to us. Doc is the founder of Why Liberty Matters. It is a global webinar that she is the host of. Doc, tell us about Why Liberty Matters and how people can engage with you on that. 
Well, we have weekly webinars, and people call in from all over the world. You sign up at Y, that's W-H-Y, LibertyMatters.com, and then you put in your first name and email. You'll get a message back. You must respond to that, and then you'll start finding out how to tune in to our webinars. There's people who stay up half the night and wait for them. There's others who get up early in the morning. Uh, You have the luxury, if you're in these time zones, Uh, where this radio program goes to, uh, that it'll be in an evening. And we talk about the things that really matter. We articulate liberty because you cannot defend or value something that you cannot define. You said that you articulate liberty. That's important, folks. Whether you uh, gr- we want to help you grasp this because you need to grasp it. You're going to need it for the journey ahead of us. Being able to articulate liberty, Doc. Uh, let's expand upon that. Have have we? Through our lack of understanding patriotism and the wise. There are patriots in this country. Have we also lost the ability to articulate liberty, like you were saying? Tell us about that. Okay. Well, you cannot think past your vocabulary. And there has been a concerted effort through the reformation of education, which is really a decline in education, to lower people's vocabularies and restrict the way they think. So the change in the kind of literature children are exposed to, even the amount of time that's spent in a day in school on what would be political matters or a form of brainwashing that used to be spent on actually learning facts and figures and real history and being able to develop logic and reason to be able to think things through. So lowering people's ability to think is necessary for tyranny to go forward. So when the ability to think is lowered, it also uh, simultaneously lowers the vocabulary. How do they how do they work? Do they work in tandem? Do they is the lowering of the vocabulary the first thing to go and then the lowering of the ability? Uh, we're, we're seeing them working in tandem. How, how do they work? Well, this is all very well planned, and I have whole teachings on this we we don't have time to go into, but basically it starts with the idea of moving people from the principles on which liberty is built, which are fixed principles. This goes back to to Benjamin Bloom and then many of his followers since then, but it works in tandem. And let me give you, our listeners really, uh, this is so hard to believe, so let me tell you a really quick story about what drove this home to me. I read about this in books. I knew this theoretically. But I also am a homeschool pioneer and I have done a lot of debates and so there's this wonderful competition that homeschoolers do for debate and logic and speaking. And I get invited to be one of the uh, celebrity uh, judges for these regional and national events. So they rent this this homeschool group rents a college I'm sorry, a charter school campus that's one of the most beautiful campuses. You'd be sure you're on an Ivy League college campus. And I'm 
checking out the hallways and I go into the classrooms and read what's on the bulletin boards. And in the bulletin board, this was between a third and fifth grade classroom, the, the question on the bulletin board is how do you know you're reading a book that's too advanced for you? Wow. Now, that question would have never been asked. I never would have thought of that as a child or been uh, asked that when I schooled my children. And the answer was a book with five words, more than five new words. Now, how are you going to learn to think? I use a dictionary all day long. And if I'm not reading books that advance my vocabulary, which is gigantic, then I feel like I've wasted my day. You know, you're absolutely right, Doc. You know, it's the first time that you've revealed to me that uh, you were somewhat of a debate coach. You were a debate coach. I uh, am a high school and college uh, debater, uh, in fact, uh, national finalist way back in the 70s, uh, in both extemporaneous speaking and debate. And, Doc, I just knew it was something about you that was so attractive as far as, you know, the way you presented yourself. And I should have known it the way you were talking. You were talking about articulation. My debate coach, that's all she ever, ever beat us over the head with is to be clear about what we are trying to say. And so, Doc, I I, I certainly uh, want to ask you this then. Uh, about why liberty matters. And, and every time you come on, I want you to um, tout the benefits of b- becoming a part of this global webinar. Why did you start and why did you launch such an endeavor as Why Liberty Matters? Uh, what was behind, what's the genesis of that? Well, I think we all have to have a way to express who we are and what we're called to do. And as I homeschooled my children, I homeschooled all seven of my children all the way through high school. I had help. I had tutors. I had, you know, all different. We did group schools. We did uh, all different kinds of things to make that happen because they were so um, they were such individuals that they needed different kinds of training. I also taught Liberty Study Groups for over 25 years during that time and developed a repertoire of materials that needed to be broader than the people that could come and sit in the meeting room. And so other people have living rooms. We had a meeting room, you know, with a full screen and everything because that's what we were about as a family. So this has this had to expand. It had to grow. And there's a hunger, especially with people who have sat in the pew for many years but not taught what uh, the Bible says about law, government, history economics and education and i have very well articulated well-built uh materials that are these are not things that we researched yesterday these are 25 and 30 years worth of materials then brought up to speed for where the world is today and you just can't develop this kind of material overnight Dr. Marlene McMillan, uh, the founder of Why Liberty Matters, is my special guest. Doc, I want you to stay with me uh, through the break for a few minutes on the other side of the break. I want to um, hear your opinion and your comments on the differences between uh, why people choose to dislike someone because of their manner of speaking, like they choose to attack the president, 
and ignore their achievements. Uh, is this something that is very common among us as human beings, or is this something that is new to politics itself? And is it actually affecting the landscape, the political and social landscape of America? We want to talk to Dr. Marlene McMillan about what so many of you is a phenomenon in politics. Surely, we, I don't think we've ever seen a president uh, quite handled or treated by press or even uh, various groups the way this one has been. We want to get behind the crux of this particular phenomenon. Is it something that socialists are driving is it something that we have seen in the world before? We're going to get Dr. Marlene's take on it. I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with us daily as we build the bridge to conversation here throughout our great nation on the largest talk platform in the country, the Talk Monster Red State Talk Radio, coast to coast and border to border. And all of you, if you're traveling through Times Square, and I don't know, um, if you take out New York City, uh, figures for deaths go down, down, down. I feel that two idiot um, um, people like the mayor of New York City and the governor of New York City combined with a perfect storm of idiocy to create what we see and happening and did happen in New York City. We're going to return with more of the C.L. Bryant Show. My special guest today, Dr. Marlene McMillan, Why Liberty Matters. We'll return. Uh, all of you, download free the C.L. Bryant Show. You're traveling through Times Square. Look up above Ripley's Believe It or Not. You will see. Um, the Red State Talk billboard, and every hour the C.L. Bryant Show pops up right there, looking right back at you, old C.L.'s face. I'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. CL back with you on this great day in the USA. Thank you all so much for coming along with us daily as we build the bridge to conversation right here on the C.L. Bryant Show. My special guest has been uh, Dr. Marlene McMillan. Uh, for this hour, she has been with me uh, thus far, and I'm certainly glad to have her. You know, um, friends, all of you can see for yourselves 
the accomplishments that this president has um, had. Um, I believe that he is probably the closest to what our founding presidents might have been, a businessman, somebody who understands the um, ups and downs and and shortfalls of uh, business and failing, uh, and the threats of failing in business and that type of thing. I, I think he understands those types of things. And for the first time, we have somebody who is not afraid to speak their mind. But yet, in taking care of business and in speaking their minds, something, it seems to me, totally un-American is happening, and that is the attacking of someone who is actually doing that, speaking their mind. Dr. Marlene McMillan is my guest today, and doctor, is this something that is, uh, I don't know if it's a phenomenon or not, we call it derangement syndrome in some uh, circles, Trump derangement syndrome, but is there a programming a triggering mechanism in the being placed in the minds of a generation to discount and reject anything that is uh, resembling authority talk to us okay this is a wonderful thing that really matters to everyone listening you can tell what a person thinks by how they speak And there's a thing called the dialectic process, which is nothing more than the steps that it takes to move somebody from belief in absolute truth, meaning there's some things are right and some things are wrong. Some things actually that are and other things are not to moving us to where everything's relative. The only absolute becomes that all things are relative in this process of dialectic conditioning. The people are taught, they're actually programmed more like a machine than a person to reject anything that is didactic. Didactic is just this nice word for preaching, teaching, being told, and that anyone would tell you that some things are and some things aren't. When you live in this world of anything I want to believe, I can believe and there are no consequences and all ideas are equal. Well, the problem is, folks, all ideas are not equal. There is an objective reality. And when you have a collision with reality, reality will always win, no matter your opinion. So now we have a president come along who dares to uh, look at the world from a more objective kind of situation who actually believes that some things are true and some things aren't and the masses that have been through this dialectic conditioning uh social engineering uh way of being educated they are programmed to automatically reject anything that tells them that they can't have what they want or can't uh, believe in their fantasies or their utopian ideas. Wow. 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 And folks, be sure to download the C.L. Bryant Show app. This show will be uh, there, be archived there. You need to be sure to replay and hear what Dr. Marlene told you in that very last statement of hers. So, Doc, there is a programming 
that uh, we actually see it. And in fact, I, I, I went to my Walmart the other day uh, to get something. I, I, and then I stopped by my bank. I went in to talk to my banker uh, the other day. I stopped at my automobile dealership in order to get my car recalibrated because they replaced uh, a, a windshield on, on my, my car. And, and, you know, Doc, I didn't feel any racial tension any place that I went. I walked through my neighborhood, which is a, a pretty diverse neighborhood, I guess. And, and I, I know my neighbors. They know me. I waved at them. They waved back. A police officer passed. I waved at him. And he waved back at me. And I was just walking through the neighborhood, you know. I didn't feel any racial tension anyway. But when I came back home, Doc, I flipped on the television. And there it was. Racial tension was on my television telling me that my neighbors didn't like me and that they should not trust me because they uh, they didn't like I didn't like them. This is the programming. Is this part of the programming? Is it happening through our media? Well, let's look at how this uh, accusation of systemic racism, it's being put before us as a premise that we're not even to question. So even the fact that you have the courage to bring up the question is a, is a revolutionary act. You know, we're telling the truth uh, in, in a time of confusion is another way of putting that is a revolutionary act. So us even having this kind of conversation is a big deal because why are we being told that all this systemic racism when we're getting along pretty well with each other, even when this is the, the meme that we're fed constantly? Well, underlying this term of systemic racism is really the goal of saying that the system, that our constitutional system is broken and therefore it needs to be replaced. Now, anybody can tear down, anybody can destroy, anybody can take a match and throw it on a building and do damage to it. But not everybody can be a builder. And so one of the things you want to always ask when there's all this um, conversation about a revolution, first of all, what's the revolution? What's the goal of it? And what are you going to give me on the other end? And so this is not about having everybody get along. This is about having everybody become slaves through the implementation of a Marxist, globalist, one-world thought process. You know, what is so paradoxical about their agenda is that even though they're wanting to put us all in a box, it is necessary now that we try to expand the thinking of Americans, but yet there is there are those who would like to uh, condense the thinking of America. You know, Dr. McMillan, it is always, always uh, my pleasure to have you on the show. Tell everyone once again, and listen, folks, let me tell you, uh, keep your ears to the ground because uh, I, I really believe that there is um, a way, and, and God, uh, once he endorses a vision, he always gives you, in my estimation, provision. At least he's always done it for me. 
And so, uh, and I expect that he'll do it again. And I'd really love to hit the road here as soon as uh, we can uh, with a message and bring a premiering Dr. McMillan, myself, and uh, maybe one or two others uh, coming to a town near you because it is time now for us to understand that the articulation of our liberty is important to be passed down uh, to our children and our younger people, even if they resist it. It's important that we say it and that it is said. And uh, I, I think that it's time. It's time for us to go and get this done. Dr. McMillan, tell everybody again how to get in touch with you and how to engage why Liberty Matters on Wednesday evenings. Okay, we're at why. That's W-H-Y, LibertyMatters.com. You go to WhyLibertyMatters.com, put in your first name and email, and then respond when it comes back and says, are you sure you really want to talk to these people? Say yes, and then you'll get a welcome, and you'll find out how to join us. And we really do articulate how to think like a person who lives in liberty. And we give you uh, well-built, well-designed ideas that you can take back and share with other people. It's one thing to have an opinion. It's another thing to be able to explain it to somebody and persuade them and help them to understand they've been duped and they didn't even know it. Doc, let me ask you this before I let you go. Let me ask you this. Is it also important to ask the right questions? Talk to us about that for just a second. Okay. So let's think about this. This is a perfect, uh, a perfect thing to bring up. If you get up every morning and the question you've asked yourself is what's wrong with everybody? What's wrong with my world? What's wrong with my country? What's wrong with my, my family? What's wrong with the people across the street? You can take that anywhere you want. Okay, but if you get up every day and that's your focus, that's all you're going to see and pretty soon you're going to dislike yourself and you're, it's going to affect your health and everything else. So a whole lot of this tension that's being created is to make us only see what's wrong. What if we got up every day and said, wow, what's unique about that person? What do they know that I don't know? What do they have to contribute that is their part? What's their kingdom purpose? And how can we maybe even work our kingdom purposes together? Would that change things? Oh, so absolutely. This, absolutely. This is a big deal. That woman, you were preaching. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, it would, it would change it would that kingdom thinking and that kingdom worldview uh, as well. Doc, uh, thank you so much. God bless you and God keep you is my prayer for you. Continue to fight the good fight. I know that you will because you are fighting the good fight. Uh, uh, again, thank you for being on the show and we'll talk to you real soon. <laughs> 